Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vettel, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Welcome, welcome to episode 78 of the Level Up Latina podcast. Today we have Ana Lilia as our guest. Ana Lilia is an expert in the area of breathwork, and she has been doing this work professionally a little over five years. Her work has allowed women and men to manage stress and relax through meditated guidance. Last year, Ana Lilia was featured on the front cover of the LA Times, and most recently on NBC Nightly News. So we're excited to have you, Ana Lilia, and to learn more about your line of work. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We're excited to talk to you. And before we get to learn about your line of work, uh, tell us about your upbringing. ¿Dónde naciste? Yo nací en Napa, California, Northern California. Gorgeous place to grow up. Um, at the time, it was just, you know, a small, quiet town. Since then, it's become like a whole other world. Um, but my parents are from Mexico, from Aguascalientes. And so I'm first generation, the oldest of four girls. So all of my family, my dad's side of the family ended up in Napa as well, but I still have like grandparents and cousins and aunts in, in Aguascalientes. Y como nos gusta decir a nosotras, este, viva Aguascalientes. Arriba, eso. Viva. I was like, please, please, Ceci, say it. Yes, I know. Me mandaste la vibra. Um, we, we've been to the La Feria numerous times. Our really good friend lives in Aguascalientes, so we know all about it. And yeah, it's a great place. Yeah. Beautiful town. Muy, muy bonito. Bueno, pues, I believe uh, from seeing, like, your line of work and seeing your emails, I think um, your mantra is breathe, release, and relax. And that reminded me of um, some videos that I saw of you in Oaxaca in an area that had thermal waters. And I just remember seeing it and thinking like, wow, that looks so cool and so amazing and relaxing. What were you doing out there? Yeah, I went last year and I went for two weeks. I'd already been to Oaxaca and it from all the traveling that I've done in Mexico, it's been one of my favorite states. It's just so rich in culture, the food is amazing, uh, so much healing and just, it's it's incredible. So I was there on vacation and also on retreat. Um, and I came across these beautiful thermal waters called Yerba El Agua. Um, and anytime that I travel, I always incorporate like healing into it. <laughs> so I always seek out local curanderos, I go get a, a limpia. I had a lot of limpias on that trip, actually, <laughs> from El Huevo that they ran around to like oh, yes, getting hit by the herbs mm -hmm. to being spit on. That was my first time. Like, what oh, wow. is getting at me? <laughs> um, to Temazcal. The, the, it, was, it wasn't my first time in the Temazcal, but it was like my first time doing it with a shaman. And that was really intense. It actually like, me entró panico. <laughs> it just gets like really hot and intense in there. I'm like, get me out of here. I need to, I need to come out. Um, so it was an incredible experience. And I was actually planning on hosting a retreat this year in Oaxaca. And then, you know, um, COVID has different yeah. plans for us, but hopefully either next year or the, or the year before it's, it's on my list on one of my offerings to do. 
That sounds amazing. Y ya, primero, primero Dios este, se, se va a hacer, va a saber. Pero qué padre. Yeah, I remember seeing you and, and floating on the waters. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you look so peaceful. Like, I want to do that. So maybe we can do that as part of a retreat con oh, la yeah. niña. I got a massage in Oaxaca once and I was so excited. I go in there and like this woman who knew what she was doing, knew what she was doing because she starts to feel on me. And I felt like just like I had to go to the bathroom. Like I felt this intense energy. I'm like, she must know that I'm either tense or tired. I had been like backpacking through Central America and Mexico and I was just like ready to be home. And I think I felt that energy. And I, I tell you, my whole body, this is like a TMI story. Like I couldn't wait for her to be done because I felt like I had to go release whatever it was that she had like worked out of me, but she was incredible. And I was like, this is not just a massage. This is beyond that. And I didn't have that understanding until that very moment. And it gave me such a newfound appreciation for, like you said, just healing wherever you are and whatever the culture is and whatever the rituals are, do not take them for granted. There's intention there. It was a really interesting experience. Sounds beautiful. Powerful healing. Yeah. So all this exposure to to cultural healing and the methods that you've been learning, how how have they helped you in your own journey? Well, when I discovered breathwork about six years ago, I was already on a healing journey where I had been feeling kind of lost in life. And I always say, I'm like, I had this major victim story going, like I blamed everyone, you know, for what was happening to me. And I felt so powerless. And even though I was in therapy and getting a lot of clarity on how my upbringing had shaped me into who I am now, I just, I just felt stuck and I was tired of my situation. And so I started to, I didn't even seek it, seek it out. Like when you're ready, it just kind of comes to you. So a friend of mine introduced me to a healer, not even knowing that that was a thing or what that was, but I was curious. So I went to have this appointment and I just couldn't believe that she was able to read my energy and everything that she was saying completely resonated and it was true. And similar to Irene, like my energy shifted afterwards. Like I felt so much lighter. I felt like people could see it in me too, because as I was leaving, like people were turning to look at me and that created a curiosity to continue exploring like what else is out there. And so I started to look into theta healing and Reiki, and then I came across breathwork. And what I loved breathwork is that it's so simple. It's just connecting with your breath, changing the way that you breathe, dropping into a meditative state, and it allows you to release. So my first experience, I was sobbing. I was crying, right? Meadows like me too. <laughs> oh man, that's so hard. Yeah, crying like my body physically went into this contortion, but afterwards I felt like a weight had been lifted off of me, and so I wanted to continue exploring more of that. Since all of that, since my training, and just starting to reflect back on my family, and I made the connection. I'm like, oh my abuelita, ella sobaba estómagos. Like my, my mom would always say like, oh, vaso para alguien, but not really knowing what that meant. Like she did it to me once and it hurt so badly that I'm like, I do not want to do it. And this was as a little kid. So I didn't really like understand or no one explained what was happening. But since then, getting abdominal massages is part of my 
healing toolbox. Like I go and get that all the time because it helps to release so much, so much tension, so many emotions that I haven't fully processed. And so when I made the connection, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like there's a line of healers in my family and we don't even recognize it as that. And also, um, even though my parents think it's a little weird what I do, but the more they get comfortable with it and the more they feel confident, they start to share, oh, my mom has psychic dreams or like my dad connects with Archangel Gabriel. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like all this stuff that they just don't share. Can I make it to your Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas <laughs> really? gathering, please? Sun in me, sun in me. <laughs> um, so it definitely runs in the family as well. And I guess I've been the first one to treat it more as a profession or just um, to do it more than just like a side thing. I remember um, I got first got introduced to it when I, I went to one of your workshops and it was during the uh, wellness day uh, with uh, We All Girl Latina about a year and a half ago. And I remember feeling that just like releasing er everything. I, I had done meditation before, but this was different. I, I remember just like feeling light. I, I got really cold and I was I felt that I was healing for others in my family like I was healing for my mom and I remember we talked about this um in one of our podcasts afterwards and I was as I was talking about the experience like I started crying too even then so it's definitely something powerful and something you know that cleanses your body so I invite our listeners to try it out one day for yourselves. So how did you start doing it professionally? Like what, what motivated you to start doing it professionally? Over five years ago where I was stuck, frustrated, depressed, anxious, and I wanted to change. <laughs> so I came across this breathing class, not knowing what it was. I showed up, I was told to lay down on the ground and to do this two-stage breathing, breathing from my belly, from my heart and exhaling. There was music playing. There was a group of strangers in this room and I started to cry. I started to feel all these feelings and I was blown away by, by what I just experienced that I wanted to share it with the people in my life right away. And so at the time I told my boyfriend, like, you need to lay down and do this. And like, essentially right after my first breathwork experience, I facilitated my own breathwork experience. <laughs> and he expert, was- Chill out, just listen to <laughs> He also started to like cry and like have such an intense experience that it kind of freaked him out. he's like, I don't know, like, what is this? This is insane. Um, but I just continued to do it for myself. And the more I healed myself, then I wanted to also just facilitate for other people. So that's when I started my training for breath work. Since then, I've combined different modalities into what I do. So um, I know the technique is very simple, like you're just breathing. So it seems like, oh, I can do that too. And you can. But if you've done breath work with different facilitators, you probably have experienced different type of experiences. And so people, it's called holding space. It's basically like being witness to what's happening and creating a safe container for people to go on a journey. And so I combine as well, I went to, I guess it's kind of like a psychic school, clairvoyance, because in my sessions, when I was having private sessions, but also in classes, I was starting to get messages. And I thought it was really weird. I'm like, I don't know why I keep hearing this word. 
And so I'm trying to ignore it, but it wouldn't leave my brain. Like it got to the point where it was so loud and distracting that I had to just say it. And so once I said it to the group or to my client, then it went away. And so I just continued following that, following my intuition and trusting it. And then I was getting validation from my clients where they're like, oh my God, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Or yes, that made me remember this. But then my healers told me, okay, yes, you can do that, but you need to learn how to create protection for your space because you're moving a lot of energy. And if you don't know how to take care and protect your space, it can knock you out. It can make you sick. So I needed to go get some trainings to develop that muscle and to learn how to create energetic boundaries from when I'm working with people so that I don't feel like I'm being knocked over. So when I'm actually doing classes and working with people, by the end, I feel really energized. Like I'm excited. I don't feel drained. Um, and when I work with people one-on-one, -on -one, you know, a lot of really intense trauma can come up. So the sessions can be heavy, but I'm not feeling it. You know, I just become like a channel and it's, I'm not using my energy. I'm not the one doing healings. Like it's you who's doing it, but I just act like a mirror and I'm reflecting back what's in your space and what you are ready to see. So I don't call myself a psychic. I just, when I'm working with people, get messages that you're ready to look at, if that makes sense. Totally. This is incredible. Yeah. This I is know. so incredible. I'm like, gosh, give us your reading on the three of us at the end of this. Like you're already putting me in the Zen place. Thank you for explaining a bit about breath work. And thank you for explaining how you obviously have taken it beyond that. And you've been so well trained to do this work. We're going to talk about this later, but we mentioned at the beginning that you were featured in LA Times, which by the way is incredible. Congrats. We read there, you know, that you grew up Catholic and that you often felt that that upbringing made you feel like you had to shut down a bit, um, questioned your faith a bit. Uh, how did you bridge that cultural background and upbringing with your current line of work? I was very Catholic as a child and even as a teenager. Um, you know, my family's still very Catholic, but it wasn't until I went away to college. I went to UC Berkeley. And during that transition, like right before I left, um, there was like a priest that I really admired and almost saw as a mentor, all of a sudden was like moved to a different parish. And like there was rumors that he inappropriately touched an altar boy or something. And there was no conversation about it. And I tried to talk to my mom about it or anything, you know, just like people because it was really upsetting. And I wanted answers. And I was just told like, Dios dirá, like Dios perdón, or like, it was just like, don't talk about it. And I'm like, this is not okay. Like, what are we, what? Um, and so that started, and then that wasn't the only thing. Then also the Pope of my diocese, it turned out that he was like stealing money and then bought villas in Italy. You know, it was just like all this corruption and just disappointment. And again, no conversation about what happened. Like we were just expected to move on and welcome the new priest and life goes on. And I had a really big problem with that. And the more I got out of my bubble as well of being um, in this just protective bubble of immigrant parents and Napa, and I was very sheltered. And once I went away to school and started to learn more about history and um, 
I just challenged it even more. So I got to the point where, um, in general, the views of the Catholic Church and my own personal beliefs just didn't match. Like, I have a sister who's gay. I'm like, how can you say, how can we belong to an organization that doesn't view my sister as an equal or says that she's going to hell because of who she is? I'm not okay with that. For me, it was painful, you know, to have that experience. But I just can't go back for me personally. That doesn't mean that I don't believe in God. That doesn't mean that I still don't pray to my angels. Like there's still a lot of the the teachings from that, but I don't attach the organization to it anymore. And so what I believe and what I connect to, it's just unconditional love and acceptance of all. And really try to think about, but really, what would Jesus do? But really, how would Jesus treat this person? Um, and that's that's my thoughts on the Catholic Church. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. And gay people belong in this world. As simple as that. And Black Lives Matter. That's the world that we want for the future. And it doesn't mean that you can't also, like you said, take from your traditional beliefs. Ceci had her veladora on and she was praying, hanging on to her Catholic faith while also being so open to a more progressive future and a belief that we all belong on this earth harmoniously, as joyful as possible, and as good to one another as possible. So thank you for sharing that. We were just having that deep conversation about that yeah. divide and how it's our responsibility to bridge those divides now. Yeah. Okay. So more about breath work, because this is so fascinating. So tell us how we can incorporate that into our daily lives. You know, a, a listener that is hearing about this for the first time, how can they, after they've heard this podcast, make this a part of their life? The simplest thing that I always suggest to people is that throughout your day, create some pauses and just check in with your body. So we've all been really stressed out. And a lot of times when that happens, our breathing becomes very shallow or we do a lot of breath holding or physically our shoulders like roll up and over to protect your heart. There's a lot of tension in the jaw. There's just a lot of tightness in our body. So when you're at your computer working or wherever, you know, just check in back in, check in with your body and notice, okay, are my shoulders up in my ears? Am I holding my breath? Am I really tight at the jaw? And if you notice that, take a deep breath, roll back your shoulders, take a few deep breaths, and that will start to remind your body, okay, I'm safe right now. It doesn't have to be in like extreme protection mode. Like I can relax. And that helps to calm your nervous system and allows you to be present. It allows you to be clear. So that's something that's easy and accessible and you can, day, you can do throughout your day. What I do in class to help move energy and to help heal is more of an active breathing. You can definitely do that on your own. I have a free five-minute morning breath breathwork meditation that if you want it, just send me an email, breathewithanna at gmail, and I'll send it to you. Um, but that's more, it's going to feel more like a workout. You know, it's going to be like really taking in a lot of deep breaths. So you do need to carve out a little bit of time. But I recommend the first suggestion if you're just starting out to have that body, mind, awareness, and then changing the way you feel by taking some deep breaths. 
Thank you for that. I think that's a wonderful way to start. And I love that you talked about just being present, helping you be more present. I think we can all benefit from that skill in our daily life. And sometimes it just takes sitting down, breathing, relaxing. I tend to always kind of have my shoulders kind of tense. And then I'm at the gym and they're reminding me to like, ah, I'm all tense when I'm working out. And there's something about that that I need to be aware of and release and kind of let go. So you're so right to be aware is important and to be present. Tell us a little more about your weekly community gatherings. I think, Ceci, have you participated in the weekly community gatherings? I did once, yeah. Very cool. Tell us more about that, please. So I started that in March, mid-March, when the pandemic and the shutdowns were starting to happen. And I was just seeing in my circle, my family, my friends, like freaking out, basically. (laughs) And I was seeing like their inner child. So that's like in psychology is like the part of you that's the child that is acting out, that's getting triggered, uh, freaking out and throwing tantrums and get feeling paralyzed. And so I created this free donation-based breathwork class that happens Saturdays at 10 o'clock Pacific time, where we gather, you show up however you're feeling and you breathe it away. And it's been incredible. Um, it's a The community is over a thousand people. Like today I had 190 people who signed up. The most I've had in one class is 500. All ages are present from children to the oldest that I know of is 95 years old. And that's the mom of one of my clients. What's been beautiful about community gathering is that my clients have told their parents. And because people are so stressed out and overwhelmed they are more open to trying something new. So people who have never meditated before are now like my super fans. <laughs> I have Love this like, older Love population it. that are just loving it. And they love gathering every week. And so touching back to talking about, Ceci, that you mentioned, like you felt when you were breathing that you were helping to heal like your family. That's what happens in breathwork as well. There's this generational healing. There's, you're like changing your DNA. <laughs> and when you have multi-generations breathing together or doing this work, it's just incredible. Like people's family dynamics are changing so quickly. It's beautiful. People are coming closer together. There's more compassion. There's more understanding. So it's been a beautiful gift to to do that. And I've been doing it basically every week. I feel like there's only been about four weeks since March that I haven't done it just because of life stuff that has come up. But it's something that I'm definitely going to continue offering as long as people are interested and willing to show up. I want it to be accessible. I know that people are in different situations economically. A lot of people have lost their jobs or it's not accessible to them and that's why community gathering is free to sign up. So even if you can't donate, like that's okay. Don't worry about it. I just really want you to, I want to help you. And I want you to release that stress and, and to feel hope again and to reconnect with your power and your voice and start to manifest the life that you want. That is so beautiful. I love to hear that there's youngins there and folks that are in their 90s. I mean, that is beautiful. I can imagine my whole little family of five sitting there and listening so intently. Let's see. So I know you talked about having to have this skill where your own energy wasn't depleted, but is there ever a time where 
you have to worry about your own energy and how do you re-energize and how do you deal with the fact that folks can be bringing a lot of their heavy stress to you, especially like you said with the pandemic. I can imagine if 500 people show up, it's because 500 people are feeling very heavy and they need you. And so I can't even imagine you taking on that from the 500 people, though you said that you don't because you've learned how. Tell us a little bit about that. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah, at the beginning, when I started to do community gathering, and I had hundreds, well, my first experience was like, at we all grow. And there were that was a big group of people, probably 100 plus. Um, and since then, you know, I've still have hosted, I have a, a yearly event called Dream Bigger a manifestation workshop, and I get 100 people for that. So I've been used to holding space for bigger groups. But when I got to like 500 people, that's a whole other level. And so at first, when I was starting to, to do these sessions, um, I would receive so much information (laughs) that I guess the way my communication maybe seemed, I was saying, I was talking a lot because people were showing me a lot. And so I've learned to not say everything that I see because I also want to create space for people to have their own experience. So I've also have had to learn how to um, communicate. And I just now say the loudest message as opposed to like everything that I'm hearing. (laughs) Um, And then I tell people like, if it resonates, amazing, go deeper with with these reflection thoughts. And if it doesn't continue on your journey. Most of it like resonates on some level with people. Um, yeah, but so that was that was an adjustment that I had to learn pretty quickly. And luckily, I already had started last year in doing online classes. So working with that modality or that way of showing up, I also was familiar with it. Um, so that gave me a head start as well. Um, and I have worked with healers, like do, doing distant healing. So I knew I'm like, healing can happen remotely. Like in the healing world, there's no time or space. Like, I don't even need to see you. Like I, whenever I'm working with people, I just close my eyes and I'm seeing things through my eyes closed. Um, so it's been wonderful that technology has allowed a greater reach and accessibility for people. That is so awesome. I'm listening to you speaking and I'm like constantly, my head's going to fall off because I'm just like nodding away. And I feel that we've lost touch with a certain part of of our humanity, right? I've always believed that at one point we were able to heal ourselves. That's why we touch our head, why we touch our tummy, why we nos sobamos aquí. And culturally, we've heard, we know of the curanderos. We've all been to it, I'm sure. You know, nos hemos hecho una limpia. And this is all part of who we are and it's not just in the Latino or the Mexican culture, but it's it expands overall. Like I remember the first time a friend of mine, her friend married um, this African dude that's part of a tribe that do healing internationally. And you can call in and they talk to you and they help you heal. So when I hear you say that, you know, with technology and it's allowed you to connect with these people and and you're like just the fact of, you know, closing your eyes and you have that connection we forget how interconnected we really are. And I always have that one vision of avatar, you know, with the tree. But in in the greater scheme of the world, like we are like a constant energy. 
And that's how we could just get our, our, our energy as a society, as people, as our families to shift so easily, but we're not aware of that constantly. Um, I know being involved, I've tried a few breath work workshops and I wanted to go to yours for the We All Grow, but I'm like, where am I going to lay down? I don't know where to go. <laughs> so I was like, this is for next time. Maybe, maybe I'll try it and I'll leave another, another time. But I've done a few and that's, it's very impactful. We forget that breathing, just like the sim- simple thing that brings us life, um, doing it right and with the right mindset can really help us. I, I, I remember doing the first time I did one with through Kundalini yoga and I was online and I broke down, girl. I was crying. I was like, que chingados está pasando? Like, really, I'm sorry I had to say that, <laughs> but I was like, why, why? I'm supposed to be feeling, but it really made me feel vulnerable internally where I'm like, what? It made me wonder what's within me that needs to be, you know, thought about. And I didn't shut it down. I was just like, I don't think I can do this right now. So the beauty of you doing it, that you can guide people through that, you know, because we can do it individually. We can remind ourselves, breathe here, breathe there. It's one thing, but guiding someone, it really makes a difference because we don't know what to do with that. And we can shut ourselves down. We can self-sabotage our healing process in that case. So um, I, I, I know I talked a lot right there, but I uh, with that, I wanted to kind of transition into this, you know, the yoga and breath work and sound work. A lot of times is seen as a very, it's a, a practice that I, I, in my experience, I've seen a lot of, you know, when I do have got, when I have attended these workshops are very, um, they're not, there aren't many people of color. Yeah, they're oh, white. They're very, white. <laughs> very, very white. And, you know, and it's okay. If you're healing, you're healing. You know, give me, help me. And and, and I understand that process. But I'm like, where's, where's the raza? Where's our people? And for me, that's why I was like, I'm glad that we're going to have you on here. Because I'm like, I want to, like, Analilias has the, the Analilias. Analilia has her, you know, community gathering. But what do you what do you do to kind of you know engage uh, you know people of color our Latino community or get that involvement from 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 people that are non white? It's not like it's a marketing plan of mine or anything. <laughs> Basically, my approach is I'm just myself and I tell my stories. And because I'm Mexican, first generation, um, grew up with an alcoholic dad, you know poverty, you know, food scarcity, all of these stories. If you follow me on Instagram, I'm very vulnerable. (laughs) I'm very open to sharing my story. So the fact that I do that, then just it allows other people of color, Latinas to be like, oh, I can relate to that. Oh, yeah, that was my story, too. Oh, yeah, my parents also moved here. And I'm first generation as well. And I remember also, you know, just having free lunches as like one of my meals. And then we had like the block yellow cheese that the government, would give. you know, there's like <laughs> yeah. so many, unfortunately, so many like similar stories with um, families that have immigrated that we kind of bond on that. And so by me sharing my experiences and my family's story, that has allowed more Latinos to, to be curious about uh, working with me and coming to my classes. We all grow going to that conference really helped me to, to introduce people to breath work, Latinas to breath work. And so that was a huge platform for me. And then after that, I started to teach out of people's yoga, which is uh, a yoga yeah. studio in LA that is female owned by two Latinas. Um, and I, loved going there because 
people are not, they don't have the same resources, like impoverished communities don't have meditation studios or, you know, doing the yoga seems too expensive or it's like weird, but they made it really accessible. And, and so I have loved facilitating there. And since then, since COVID and having community gathering, then that has, I mean, I have so many people in Mexico that join in El Salvador, you know, just like throughout Latinos that, and they're not even necessarily fluent, but, you know, breathing, like I show the technique and you just breathe and we listen to music and you still are going to have an experience. Um, and then, you know, how it is people just like, spread the word <laughs> so, word of mouth like me siento bien let me tell you about this new thing yeah. i'm doing you know <laughs> exactly that's, that's really cool i i really like the ages that are, are involved here and i love that you mentioned that people that attend the community gatherings is now la mamá of one of your clients mm -hmm. and i think we forget now well now we're parents i had not been a parent right <laughs> obviously i lived my whole like 35 years of life being like i'm just me now I'm a mom of three. Now we're the parents. And our parents, I'm as we become exposed to different things, um, I realized that our parents also need to heal. We have um, we've talked about this a couple of times and like in another podcast, another podcast, but you know, we follow our parents' patterns, you know, whether it be financially, we also fo follow it the way we express ourselves, our communication, and how we carry our stress, our anxiety, and our trauma, you could say. And it's so important to not only do the healing within ourselves because we now are the parents, but our parents, like we overlook like that generation where it's like, oh, they made it. They're fine. You know, it wasn't part of culturally what the healing thing was not one of their things. It's like, no, estamos bien. We're, we're thriving. We're good. Or we're surviving. We're good. What do you suggest that maybe we do to kind of motivate the people that we know, motivate us or motivate our parents to, to want to engage in healing and, and, you know, making themselves better and taking care of themselves? The most effective way of doing it is to do your own healing work because I have tried, like I get really excited about everything that I learn and I want to share it with my family. Mm -hmm. But when I tell them like, go do that, they roll their eyes. They <laughs> don't want to do it. They get resentful. Here's like, they call me Lily. They're like, here's Lily, like telling us what to do again. And they just like shut down. So I have stopped doing that and I'm just have continued to do my own work and people can tell, they can see a difference in you. You are showing up differently. Maybe you're happier, you're more relaxed. Things that used to upset you or that you would get triggered in your family, you're not reacting this, the same way. So by you doing your work, you're changing the dynamic in your family. So indirectly, they're also healing, indirectly and directly. And then from there, I have found that people then are curious to, you know, so um, that just allows to, for that healing ripple effect to, to really have an impact as of, as opposed to trying to like, tell our parents what to do. Like they don't want yeah. the adult children to tell them what to do. It's like, uh, I think I know how to do life. Right. <laughs> But when, when they see like, oh, she's different and you start to share in a way where you're just being vulnerable and being more open and sharing, that helps them as well to start to open up and then maybe also start to, to go see the people that you're seeing or to participate or doing it together. 
So that would be me, my advice if you want your parents to heal. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm de- definitely like, uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, I, mean, I stopped shaking because I was like intensively listening because I feel like I need to do that. So I'm hearing you. I'm just like, yep, I hear you. It's like I need to take the action now yeah. to be able to help, you know, or improve the well-being in this case of of my family, my parents. And I always think specifically of my mom, but I know that it's we need to just take charge of that. Yeah. But other than that, um, how has, uh, I know you mentioned a little bit of COVID and, and transitioning into the uh, technology base, like doing the Zoom meetings and uh, online meetings. How has it affected your line of work and how, how did you adapt? It seems like you adapt easily, but how did you adapt the practice into, you know, during the p- pandemic? So my business had to completely change. All of my offerings before were in person for the most part, except for a few online classes that I had. Um, And so I would put on events, you know, I would have full moon gatherings outside in backyards. I would put on, um, I had a retreat in Joshua Tree last year. My clients, I would see them in person and all of that had to stop. And again, luckily because I had already been laying the groundwork last year and doing sessions virtually, it just, for me, the transition was easy. And also for my clients that I had been wanting them to do it virtually had no choice. And if they wanted to continue working with me, that's the way that they had to do it. And they were shocked that it was just as powerful and sometimes even more powerful because then they didn't have to, in LA, you know, there's tons of traffic didn't have to deal with like driving to and from and all the other stresses, like they could just be in their home. And so it's been incredible. My business has grown. And most of it, I give it away, you know, community gathering, it's free again, some people donate, but the majority do not. And but I mean, that's okay. And again, I want people to feel relief to heal. And so that's my that's been my gift. But it's been a really big blessing for me. And I'm grateful for people trusting me and being open and, and for putting themselves a priority as well. I feel like that's been another gift of COVID to most people, where it forced us to look at ourselves and maybe things that we were doing to like numb ourselves or avoid what really wasn't working, like that was taken away. And so now we're like, oh shit, I'm not happy. Like yeah. this job actually, I hate it and it's killing me. Like it's making me sick. And so people have been taking action into creating change in their life because they also feel like life, I don't know, there's like, life is precious. We don't know when it's going to end. Like I've also had uh, friends who have lost their parents. And so it puts everything in perspective. It's like how you're currently living your life. Is that aligned with your soul? Is that really what you want? Or do you want more? Or do you want something else? And go for it. Like it's, it's your life. You only get one chance or more, I believe in past lives. Um, But it's, it's this one life in this form. With that, Annalilia, I know that you're like, you're giving, you're saying so many of these beautiful things that we should, you know, pay attention to us and listen to our bodies, breathe and, and take ownership of that healing, right? And that process. And I know you've recently shared, you've been contacted by the LA Times, you've been on, you know, featured. And then recently during the election, you also had another uh, feature with them. And I read your tips and I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, it, it seems like you read it and you're like, it's so common sense, but no lo hacemos. And then recently you were featured on NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. So 
what kind of things that when you go on there, you're like, I want the majority, everyone that's listening, this is what I want you to take from this. Like what, what things do you put in place to make sure like, this is important and you need to do this? Like, how yeah. does that help? Similar to the tip that I gave earlier, it's like that having that body awareness is like my number one. And then, for example, in the LA Times, I mentioned, and this is something that you can put into practice for anything. I say, this is part of my clairvoyance training. So it's putting yourself in this bubble. It's like imagining this protection around you, around your aura, around your energetic body, so that when you're going to open up your emails and you're like dreading that email from your boss or any stressful situation, anything that you feel is going to like, ah, knock you over, you have a little bit of a barrier so that it doesn't hit you directly, right? And I, it sounds crazy, but it totally works. So that was one of the tips that I gave people. And it's a tip that I give to my one-on-one -on -one clients because um, I have a coaching program for women. And whenever they're like avoiding a, a challenging conversation with someone, it's like, all right, just put yourself in a bubble. It's going to be okay. Like, you got this. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So that's one thing. And then another thing that's really important that we don't really think about is we are energetic bodies. And so over time, like we collect other people's energies. Many of us, especially Latinas, we're caretakers. We worry about everyone. We want to solve everyone's problems. And we all take it on, right? Our mind is just like obsessing over this stuff. And so energetically, it's good to release that. And so you can do that through your breath work. And there's also another visualization grounding, where it's like, you're imagining that you're sitting on a tree trunk, or imagine that there's roots coming out from the base of your spine, and you're connected all the way down to the center of the planet. And it's like these roots or this tree trunk creates a vacuum, basically, that like pulls out from you that heaviness. And so you're telling your body like, okay, it's, it's okay to release. It's okay to release the energy of my parents, even my kids, my husband, like my pets, everyone. <laughs> the only person that should be in my mind is me. Um, and that sounds selfish, but it's not. It's really important because that gives you the clarity. It makes you create uh, priorities in your life. Like, What's really a problem? What is my mind creating that's a problem that doesn't even exist? What can I really solve? And what do I have no power or control over, but I'm still like so worried about it? I, I see my client's energy completely change just from that visualization. Like their body gets softer. They feel lighter. It's like, oh, I already feel so much better. So that's another thing that I like to recommend for people to do. That's cool. So this guy leads us into... What would Analilia, this is a question we ask all of our, of our guests, what would Analilia, what advice would you give your 25-year-old self looking back? So the dreams that you have will manifest. <laughs> They're not going to look like how you envision, but don't give up. It's going to be a crazy journey. Uh, you're going to be doing things that you feel are pointless or are beneath you, but they're not. You're learning skills that are going to help you later. Just continue with that drive that you have and believing in yourself and you're an incredible manifester. Don't give up. 
That's beautiful. You were so kind to your 25-year-old self. I love it. I love it too. Yeah. Are people I normally not? <laughs> I, thought, I thought she was talking to my 25-year-old self. Yeah. I was yes, like, oh, dreams will come true. It's not how you imagined it. Yes, girl. Keep going. I love it. And also wow. the other thing I would say is that dreams that you currently have, you are going to outgrow later. And it doesn't mean that you failed. And it's okay if your dreams are different than society's. Like, it doesn't make you less of a woman. It doesn't mean that you are not worthy. Like, just follow your intuition. Love it. Beautiful, beautiful, just beautiful. Very well said. Thank you. That just actually helped close this uh, conversation with you. I mean, let it be. Listen to yourself. And be okay with what's coming along, you know, what's coming ahead. So thank you, Analilia. I feel we had our own good session here. Good, a good way of closing the conversation. And thank you, Analilia, once again. It seems like we had a good session. It was making me aware of my body, constantly reminding myself, like, breathe, Vero. Everything's going to be fine. And um, I just really want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us today because a lot of us need to remind ourselves that we need to heal in order to be able to, you know, take care of everything else around us. Don't be thank selfish. You. It's okay. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. And if you want to uh, learn about my upcoming events and my offerings, you can go to my website, analilia.net. Follow me on Instagram. I have meditations on there as well. It's if you just look up my name, Analilia and breathwork all come up. Um, but there's some guided meditations on there as well. And yeah, join the community gathering. Again, they're free. They're really powerful. And you're going to feel so different after raving with us. So I hope to see you then. I'm going to look out for you. We are. So thank you again. And ladies, gentlemen, anyone listening to the podcast, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Level of Latina. If you want to continue the conversation, Analilia just mentioned where you can find her. If you have any questions, any suggestions and ideas, feel free. You can always contact us. Our handle on Instagram is at Level of Latina. You can also find us on uh, Twitter at Latina underscore up. Also, you can always, always, always shoot us an email at admin at leveloflatina.com. So thank you again. Hopefully everyone's taking care of themselves and putting out that good energy. Oh, 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 oh,